Hello, Adventure Church. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Uh, my name is DJ West. Some of you may know me as David. Um, I am actually uh, speaking to you from the middle of nowhere. No, we are in an undisclosed location uh, in Southern Asia, uh, doing some of the Lord's work in the middle of this government-imposed lockdown. I am going to do my absolute best today to not mention anything about quarantine or lockdowns or social distancing or coronavirus. That's all you're going to hear from me because I do believe that there's something better to talk about, and his name is Jesus. So um, before we begin, I want to give a shout out. Today, as you're listening to this, is actually my mom's 35th birthday. Uh, so mom, happy birthday. It's a joke for everybody who knows my mom. She's definitely not 35. Anyways, <laughs> um, so we're going to be reading from uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 3. And um, today I want to I try to just give you some, some hope, something to look forward to, and, and ultimately to let you know that um, where our focus should be as Christians, because I think that's important for us to understand that we... Um, we need to have proper focus. We need to have um, a sense of direction of where we're going. So we're going to talk about that today. But um, starting in verse 3, First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, before we go any further, I'm actually reading from the NASB. Um, but it's important for us uh, in any context of Scripture to understand uh, who, the who, what, why, when, where, all that stuff. But the, the most important thing here for us to realize is that Peter is writing, um, if you go to, to verse number one, to Christians, in, in my version it says that they are um, aliens. In, in another version may read that they are, are scattered or in a diaspora dispersion. Uh, so basically what he's saying is it, these Christians who are scattered throughout, outside of Jerusalem, and he lists different places where they are, what he's, what he's doing is writing to Christians, and ultimately he's writing to us. Now these Christians at the time were facing persecution, they're facing uh, death, they're facing all sorts of trials and things like that, but that's what we're, we're going to look at today. So we need to understand that he is talking to people who are going through issues. And we all go through issues. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to look at that. But beginning in verse 3, uh, he says, Blessed be the God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he almost starts this, uh, this praise, this doxology here of, um, of praise. This is how we should greet each other. This is a typical Jewish greeting uh, in that time. But he says, According to his great mercy, who uh, God, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Now, we greatly rejoice in the fact that we who put our trust in Jesus have, God has caused us to be born again. If you've read John 3 and you've read uh, the whole uh, transcript between Jesus and Nicodemus, he comes to him at night and he asks all these questions and Jesus tells him, you must be born again. We understand that from, uh, from the, a Christian perspective. What that means is that we are born again. We were born naturally, and God has caused us to be born spiritually again. Um, but one thing that he says, we're not just born again 
to this idea of being a better person. We're not just born again to, um, to live a better life. No, we're, we're born again to something. And what he says is we're born again to a living hope. And I just want to talk about hope for a second because hope, we all have hopes. We all have dreams. We all put our hope in things and at, at some point. And if you look at any child, every child has a hope to be something when they grow up. For me, I wanted to be an FBI sniper and shoot bad guys for a living. I know, it's really weird. But that was my hope. I hoped to do that one day. Um, and then that kind of faded away and that hope died. Some of you, maybe you wanted to be a, a police officer, a ballerina, a, a firefighter, a Navy SEAL, whatever it is that you wanted to be as a child. And most of you, the reality is that you're not that today. And so what I'm trying to say is that everybody has hope uh, in something, but anytime we put our hope in something that is not Jesus, that hope dies eventually. Now, we can put our hope in our jobs, you're not going to have that job forever. And even if you do have that job forever in this lifetime, you're not going to take that job with you to heaven. Um, if you put your hope in relationships, a friendship, your children, your abilities, your talents, your skills, whatever it is that you put your hope in, the reality is that everything in this life has been touched by sin. It has been touched by our fallen nature. And we need to realize that every time we put our hope in anything other than Jesus, it'll eventually die. And it's interesting that Peter says here that we have been, God has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Now, if you go one chapter forward in uh, second, uh, first Peter chapter two, verses four and five, he calls Jesus the living stone who is precious in God's sight. And and we, he says, you Christians, like Jesus, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house. Now, I find it interesting that Peter says that this stone, if you think of a stone, it's the most dead thing that we have in, in nature. Everything in all of creation, oh, uh, he's dead as a, dead as a, a doorknob, obviously, but you know, it's, he's like a stone. Nobody calls stones living except for Jesus. Jesus Christ is the, the chief cornerstone that, of this building that is being built up. And, and Hebrews talks about the, the foundation is the cornerstone, obviously, is Jesus. And then the prophets and the apostles are the rest of the foundation. And the rest of us Christians throughout history are being built into this spiritual house. Now, our hope is... Is alive. Why is it alive? Because it is in a living God. And, and that's good news that we have something to look forward to. And if you continue reading, um, it is this living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. I want you to know that Jesus, he conquered because of his resurrection from the dead. That solidifies everything. All of our faith, all of the stories of the Old Testament, all of the law, all of the prophets, it is solidified through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, if you go to verse 4, to obtain, why? Why, why is this? It's, he says, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. We all know what an inheritance is. An inheritance is something we don't work for. It's something that is granted to us. And here's the thing about our sin nature 
And the reason that we need to be born again is because when we are born of this flesh, when we're born into this fallen, broken world, we all fall short of the glory of God. And because we all fall short of the glory of God, in our sin nature, our first birth, we deserve wrath. We deserve God's judgment upon us. But because we have been born again, we have been adopted into sonship through Christ Jesus. And we have, because we have been born again, we are now new creatures, new creations. And we now, because we are heirs, we are sons and daughters of God, we can step into an inheritance. But the thing is that this inheritance is not for this life. Many people may try to say, hey, you can have your inheritance now. What God has uh, promised for you is for this life. And that's simply just not true. Um, he, he describes three different natures or attributes of this inheritance that we are going to receive. Hear me, we are going to receive it one day, but not today. It's a, he says it's imperishable. It's not going to rot. It's not going to rot away. It's not going to it's not going to be filled and corrupted by all of this stuff in this lifetime. It's undefiled. It's not going to be touched by our sin nature. And it will not fade away. It's not going anywhere. And I love what, what Peter says. It's reserved in heaven for you. Now, again, I want to encourage you and remind you that our lives are not to be spent focused so much on the things of this world, so much about tomorrow and all the things that we have to worry about. Yes, we do have cares. We do have worries. We do have things that we go through, but we need to understand just like in verse one, we are aliens in this life. Your citizenship is not the United States. It's not in this country that I'm in right now. Our citizenship is in heaven and our inheritance is in heaven and i love what he says it's military language how he says it is reserved for you in heaven it's reserved almost like god has sealed it up by the power of god and if you continue reading in verse five uh, it, he says uh, at the end of verse four reserved in heaven for you verse five who are protected by the power of god through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time we, we get this picture of God who, is, who has given us through Jesus an inheritance that is to come in heaven, but yet it is protected. That's such good news is that God protects our inheritance. Nobody's going to break in and steal it. What did Jesus say? Our, we, we, we store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust don't destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. God is the protector of our inheritance and that's such a beautiful picture that he is in heaven. He's waiting for us. And, and look at this. Uh, because we have this salvation that is uh, ready to be revealed in the last time, there is coming a day where we will be in glory with Christ Jesus. And in verse 6, it says, In this you greatly rejoice. Now, sometimes I think we get so focused uh, in life about the things here, the things there, and we lose sight of what it is that God has truly done for us. And I want to just remind you today, I want to encourage you to take a moment and, and, and reflect on what God has saved you from, the, the old you that you used to be. I remember there's plenty of times where I just sit and I think, man, I, 
I could be somewhere else right now. I could be somebody else. I could be doing who knows what. God only knows what. But I thank God that I have been born again, that I have been promised an inheritance that is sealed up in heaven waiting for me. And I greatly rejoice in that. I think it's, it's, it's important for us to stop and, and reflect a little bit and have a, a moment of rejoicing that we are heirs, co-heirs with Christ. And he says, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Listen to me. There, there's no promise in the Bible for Christians that once you become once you become a Christian that your life is just puppies and roses and cotton candy. That's not it's not the way it works. As a matter of fact, if you read through the gospels and you look at the promises that Jesus made to his disciples, he promised them that they would be hated, that family would leave them, that they would be handed over to rulers and governors and that they would be persecuted. There is no, no promise in the Bible that guarantees Christians are free from sickness. There's no promise in the Bible that guarantees that we are immune from the, the effects of this fallen world. And it's sad that many uh, out there today are saying this, but it's just simply not true. But look at what Peter says. If necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Why do we go through trials? And many people ask this question, why does God let these things happen to us? How could a good, how could God let something happen uh, to me if I'm such a good person, if I'm a Christian? Well, I'm glad you asked because Peter actually answers that. He says that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found in result uh, in praise to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I, that's such a beautiful picture because we see uh, Peter using this idea of a precious metal, a precious uh, gold. It is precious, but it is perishing. It'll pass away. Our faith will never pass away. And he says. We, we get this idea that gold goes through the fire in order for impurities to rise to the top and be scraped away. That is the picture that God wants us to see today, is that the trials in your life are not to break you down, it is to clean you up. God allows us to go through trials. God allows us to go through persecution, through sickness, through various trials. Why? So that it can produce something in us, so that it can purify us and ultimately make us and form us into the image of Jesus Christ. That is the, the reason we go through trials. So many people want to avoid trials, but ultimately, if you avoid every trial, you won't be purified. And I want to encourage you today, if you are sick, if you've lost your job, if you're going through a hard time, if your, your marriage is, is rough, whatever it is that you're going through, those trials are there to make you better and to strengthen you and to cause you to persevere and ultimately to bring you closer to God. So rejoice in the fact that God allows you to go through various trials. That is what he's trying to produce in you, a faith. It's not that God is up in heaven just throwing things at us to make us fall, make us stumble and break us. No, that's not what he's trying to do. He's not testing us to see if we're truly saved. No, he's, he allows things to happen to us so that in our trials, we can look 
to him. We can trust in him and we can have faith that he is able to get us through, that he is able to take us through these various trials. If we read on in verse 8, he says, And though you have not seen him, talking about Jesus, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Listen, we don't, we don't see Jesus right now. We, he's not on the couch with me as I say this. He, yes, the Spirit of God is with me, but we don't behold the physical bodily Jesus. And because we don't see him, that requires faith. And all of us, um, our faith is tested sometimes, but we believe in him and we love him. And I love what um, John writes in John 20, verse 31. He, he actually gives a, an explanation as to why he wrote his gospel. And he says, I have written these things so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you would have life in his name. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We hope in him. We trust in him. We don't trust in circumstances. We don't trust in different people or all of these different things. We hope and trust in the Lord Jesus. And I love this. This is, this is good stuff right here. At the end of uh, verse 8, it says, You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. It's almost that we get this picture that the things that God has done in our lives are so good that we can't even express them with words. It's inexpressible joy. We have this inside of us. Why? Because God has made us new. He's, he has uh, uh, made, given us an inheritance. He's, he's caused us to be born again. And, and he's with us through the trials and, and all of these things that we're tested through and all of this stuff. But even through all of that, we have so much joy on the inside of us that we can't even express it sometimes. And I know, I know for me, um, I, I, I've had an opportunity to, to, to share meals with different believers in this country that we're in right now. And it's so amazing to see the, the joy that is inexpressible. There are, there are so few words to describe the, the happiness, the love, the faith from people who don't have money, from people who don't have really anything. I remember sharing a meal with somebody and, uh, at this believer's house and a, um, I heard this noise above me and a rat, a giant rat, and I'm talking about a big rat, fell down next to me on the bed and ran, ran uh, away. And I didn't know what to say. I just kind of, I didn't want to be rude. I didn't know what to say. And the person that was, I was sharing the meal with just looked at the rat and in their language, they said, this is, that's a big rat. And they smiled and continued to share the meal because there's just, there's different things that, I mean, obviously, we're all at different levels, socioeconomic levels, uh, different levels in life. But ultimately, if Jesus is your Lord, nothing can take away or rob your joy. Not even a rat, not even persecution, not even sickness, not anything. We have inexpressible joy all the time because of Jesus and what he's done for us. And if you go on to uh, verse 9, it says, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, the purpose of our faith, the outcome of our faith, is the salvation of our souls. And ultimately, that's what it's about. It's about salvation. And I want to tell you that we all fall short of God's glory. 
we all make mistakes. We all sin. But the good news is that 2,000 years ago, God came to this earth, wrapped himself in human flesh, chose to come and bear all of the sins of the entire world on his back and take it to the cross to be the ultimate sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, the lamb who was slain. And he did that for you and he did that for me. And he did that so that he could achieve a work that we could not achieve on our own. Because of our sin, we deserve wrath, like I said earlier. But because of what Jesus' work on the cross accomplished, he imputed his righteousness to us. He gave us the righteousness that was truly his, and he imputed that and gave it to us, and he died the death that we deserve to die so that we could be made sons and daughters if we believe in the Lord Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus truly as your Lord and Savior, I want to, I want to encourage you to seek him. If you seek him, he promises that you will find him. If you knock, the door will be open to you. That's such good news. And if you're here, if, you're, if you say, you know what, I, I, I do know Jesus, I want to encourage you, don't live with the mindset of the here and now. So many of us focus on um, this life that we live, this, this 80 years or so that we have on this planet. Ultimately, as believers, our focus should be on eternity. And if you focus on the here and the now and you trust in the systems of the world and you trust in people and you trust in your abilities and you hope in all of these different things, ultimately you're going to be let down. But when you have the mindset, I'm going to live forever with the Lord Jesus. I'm going to be in my glorified body with him, praising him forever and ever. And this 80 years is vanishes just like that. If you live with that mindset, if you live with an eternal mindset as a believer, knowing that you are an alien on this planet, that you really don't belong anywhere except in heaven, then nothing can disappoint you. Nothing can, can ruin your joy. Nothing can take away anything that God has already given you. And I want to encourage you as believers to focus on Jesus. Focus on the inheritance that we have that's not going to waste away. It's not going to fade away. It's not going to be corrupted. We get to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me just pray for you real quick. Father, I thank you so much. Um, thank you for this word. I thank you that you are faithful to us. I thank you that you have caused us to be born again. Thank you that we can put our hope and our faith and our trust in you, Jesus, and you promise that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, that you give us an inheritance, you love us, you care for us. And Lord, I pray for those uh, who may be struggling through this time and maybe they've lost their job or are going through various trials like we talked about. Lord, if anybody has any burden, any care, any worry, I pray that they would cast it upon you, Jesus. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you is what your word says. Lord, I pray that we would have the, the strength, that you would strengthen us in our trials so that our faith would be purified and that we would be made into the image of your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing and thank you for Adventure Church. I pray that you would bless every single one of them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know what, Adventure, I want to just, um, I wish I could share more about where we are, what we're doing, um, but the reality is we can't. Um, I just want you to know that God is doing amazing things in this country. That God is, is opening doors. The Spirit of God is going before us. And we're so excited to be a part of what God is doing in the earth. 
And I want to have you um, just ask that you would continue to pray for us, pray for my family, and pray for the people that are uh, slowly coming to know Jesus as Lord. And I, I want to encourage you at the same time, everywhere you go, every time you open your mouth, speak of Jesus. Preach the Word of God. Study the Word of God. I Don't focus on this here and now. If we're going to go to heaven, we might as well take as many people with us as possible. So let's go do that. Let's preach the gospel of Jesus to everybody we meet, unashamed. It is the power of God to salvation. So we love you. We bless you. And until we speak next time, God bless.